Hello and welcome to episode 274 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Today's story from the North West is something that many of us ponder. If you saw a violent incident, would you step in and try and stop it? Maybe you would. Or have done in the past. Today we hear a story about when the people involved stopped to intervene and the consequences. Before we begin, a huge thank you to all my supporters at Patreon, but especially the new members of this community. That is Janine Cox and Uli Butcher. And a huge birthday shout out to Xanthe Duncan. Thank you all so much for your support. This podcast is sponsored by Noom. So, is 2022 the year that sees a healthier you? Me too. To do so, you need to build healthier habits. And Noom can help you do this with their psychology-based approach. Noom doesn't impose all those impossible restrictions on you in your lifestyle, but it helps you understand your mind and body to get long-term results. Examples of this with me was not shopping when hungry. And if I was having a bad choice day, that was okay. I could get back on track tomorrow. And another top thing about Noom for me is the app is super easy and intuitive to use, even for me. And it only requires a 10-minute daily check-in, so however busy your lifestyle is, you'll always be able to find the time. That's why 80% of Noom users finish the program, and over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least a year. So make a start today, right now. Sign up for your trial and get psychology-based support to lose the weight for good at noom.com slash UKTCpod. That's noom.com slash UKTCpod. Noom.com. Okay, so let's set some context for today's story with our guest the month and year game. Top of the UK charts was supporter of the Mighty Leeds United, Ellie Golding with Love Me Like You Do. In the US, the number one spot was taken by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars, with Uptown Funk. Oh, never heard of it, have you? <laughs> and in Australia, the top album was a soundtrack from Fifty Shades of Grey, with such classics as... Yeah, let's move on. In the news this month, the family of Marvin Gaye won a record $7.3 million lawsuit for music copyright infringement against Robin Thicke, Farrah Williams and T.I. A shame this doesn't always apply to podcasters who seem to get away with copyright fraud, huh? Although not from this podcast, I hasten to add. After all, we've all got access to Wikipedia. This month saw Ireland retain the Six Nations Rugby Championship with a 40-10 win over Scotland at Murrayfield and the German wing's flight en route between Barcelona and Dusseldorf crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 on board. Did you guess the month and year? It was March 2015. Today's story comes from the northwest of England, from Widnes, a town of around 60,000 people, located on the north bank of the River Mersey, about 10 miles southeast of Liverpool. Historically, Widnes is known for chemical manufacturing, but for people like me who grew up in the 80s, it's best known for the rugby league team. They always seem to be winning on grandstand on a Saturday afternoon in the mud. 
I can't quite believe that it was 2007 when Grandstand was last on our TV screens, can you? Anyway, let's get on with today's story. For 28-year-old Steve Duggan, life should have been good. He had a loving partner in Francesca Davis, and they'd recently had a baby who was now six months old. As those of you who have had children will know, although in many ways it's a magical time, it's also a very tiring and stressful time, as life is so different from how it was before. When we pick up the story, Stephen and Francesca had spent the evening at his dad's house with their baby. At first, the night had been a really good one, with Stephen drinking wine and desperado beer because he was celebrating getting a new job at the company where his dad worked. This was great news for the little family, but as Stephen began to drink more heavily, as we've all seen, I'm sure, in our lives, some people just shouldn't drink much as it has such a negative effect on them. And this was the case with Stephen Duggan. Quickly, the atmosphere began to change. The mood turned ugly. It ended in the inevitable row, and Stephen eventually stormed out of his dad's house, taking a bottle of Echo Falls wine with him as he stomped off. Francesca chased him with the baby in a car seat, and after a while she caught up with him. Stephen then tried to take the baby away from her, and the two were struggling with the car seat by the busy road just outside her takeaway. Stephen was screaming abuse at Francesca and tensions between them were rising. It was now around 11.20pm. As the two struggled, a taxi happened to be passing on the main road, which was taking 42-year-old Anthony Tomlinson and his partner of six years, mother of two, 36-year-old Alison Wilson home from a night out. They'd spent the evening at their nearby Churchview pub where they'd had a few drinks and just had a just had a fun evening. The traffic was slow on the road, which meant they could clearly see the altercation taking place on the other side of the street, and they watched with horror as the couple wrestled with the car seat. They were terrified that this young child was going to fall out onto the pavement and hurt itself. Anthony asked the taxi driver to stop the car so he could check that all was okay. As the taxi driver pulled to a halt, Anthony wound down the window to ask if everything was fine, but the couple arguing just ignored him. Anthony and Alison were so concerned for the young child that Anthony said he couldn't just sit there watching and he was going to head over there to help. But Alison said it would be better if she went as that would be less likely to provoke a confrontation with the clearly agitated and angry man, which of course they were keen to avoid. Alison headed over, and Anthony paid the taxi driver so they could stop blocking the traffic on the busy road. Good people, doing the right thing. And he then joined Alison, carrying her handbag and their takeaway chips that they just bought. Alison tried to help Francesca secure the baby, But as they both struggled with Stephen, he suddenly punched his partner in the face and as he did so, the baby fell to the floor, although luckily the child was not seriously injured. Anthony was now approaching this deteriorating scene 
He was anything but aggressive, with a takeaway in one hand and Alison's handbag in the other. When he got close, he asked Stephen, What's happening? To which he responded, Never mind what I'm fucking doing. What are you fucking doing poking your nose in my business? In a split second as Anthony moved towards Stephen, Stephen reached inside his jacket and reached for the bottle of wine that was in there before smashing Anthony over the head with it with full force. This was a vicious attack, which slashed Anthony's cheek so badly that it actually left his tongue and his teeth clearly visible, a wound which later required so many stitches that the surgeons said that they lost count of just how many were necessary. The blow knocked him unconscious on the floor, and when he came round, he saw Alison standing in the road, looking shocked and bewildered, and holding her neck to try to stem the flow of blood which was coming for a wound. Although Anthony didn't realise it at the time, after attacking Anthony, Stephen had then slashed Alison's neck with a shard of glass from the bottle of wine. As he'd done so, Francesca had screamed at him, Oh my God, what are you doing? But she was powerless to prevent Duggan from carrying out the unprovoked assault on Alison. Immediately after the attack, Alison stood by a door on the busy street, slumping against the wall, and then her neighbour brought a chair out for her to sit on. Anthony, in a daze, called 999 and had to ask a passerby where he was as he felt so confused after he'd been attacked. And shortly after, ambulances and police cars arrived. Both Alison and Anthony were rushed to hospital. Anthony recovered, although he suffered from facial lacerations, lacerations to his forehead, his lip and his chin. He was referred to plastic surgeons to have the wound sealed. But tragically, despite the best medical attention, Alison's injuries were too severe. She suffered two cardiac arrests on the way to hospital due to catastrophic blood loss as her jugular vein had been severed. She arrived at A&E, barely conscious, bleeding heavily and in shock, and she died in hospital six days later. The cause of death was given as shock and haemorrhage, leading to circulatory collapse due to blood loss caused by one incised wound to the jugular vein. Alison, when she died, her mother too, was just 36 years old. Duggan, being the coward he was, fled from the scene. Of course he did. Francesca, holding the baby, ran back to Duggan's parents' house. Duggan followed behind, but when they got there, although Francesca was allowed in, his partner would not let Duggan back into the place. Francesca and the baby had both been hurt. Both suffered black eyes and bruising. Francesca sent Duggan a text message a few hours later. It said, Thanks to you, me and the baby are in hospital. But as you probably guessed, Duggan was no master criminal, and he was arrested in the early hours of the following day when police officers pushed him off his bike in witness when he failed to stop for them. When interviewed, Duggan told officers he'd only had a sketchy recollection of what had happened on the evening of the attack. He said that he remembered he'd struck Anthony, 
but he said that his intention wasn't to cause serious injury. He claimed that the glass wine bottle was in a plastic carrier bag around his wrist and he struck the pair accidentally with it. For someone not blessed with brains, he had a rare moment of insight in his police interview. But although he said he couldn't actually recall striking Alison, he was shocked at how things had turned out. He said to the detectives, Someone has died. She was a mum. I'm just shocked. I can't believe two lives are ruined. How can you go out celebrating a new job one minute, and the next a woman is dead and you're in jail? So many questions, so many what-ifs. Anthony told officers a bit more about what had happened, saying, As I came out of the chip shop, I saw a girl in front of me. She was running on the opposite side of the road from me, but she was screaming. It was as I came out of the chip shop that I saw her. She was running and screaming, but she was carrying a car seat, like a baby cradle over her arm. That's what made me look, really. It was swinging all over the place. I just thought it was strange. It was late at night with a baby chair being swung around like that. I didn't think it was right. I said to Alison, have you seen this girl? Have you seen what's going on here? I don't think Alison had seen it at this stage, but then she did. And it was then that they decided that Alison would try to intervene. Duggan faced trial at Liverpool Crown Court. The jury heard that Alison was the mum of two girls aged 8 and 12 at the time of her death. On the evening of the attack, she and Anthony had been at a local pub and at about 11.15pm, they ordered a page lane chippy and were planning to leave in the taxi. The pub landlady said, Throughout the evening, Alison and Anthony were happy and in good spirits. I wasn't working behind the bar, but they weren't drunk and they were well balanced. The jury were told that Duggan had pleaded guilty to the manslaughter of Alison and to the unlawful wounding of Anthony. But the prosecution QC said, The Crown say the defendant used the bottle that he had on at least two occasions to both strike Anthony Tomlinson's head and to use it to wound his face. A very nasty cut to the side of his face. He also used what we say was a part of that bottle. We say probably the neck of the bottle and thrust it into the neck of Alison Wilson. In effect, he pushed it into her neck. The neck of the bottle severed a jugular vein. We say in relation to the allegation of murder, that to use a bottle in that way reflects on behalf of the defendant an intention to inflict really serious harm. When giving evidence in his defence, Duggan described himself that night as being 7 out of 10 drunk at the time of the incident after he drank two bottles of Desperado Lager and some wine at his dad Gary's house, as they celebrated him getting a new job. He was asked to leave after an argument with his dad's partner, and under cross-examination, Duggan admitted he'd become obnoxious after the argument, but he denied being aggressive either at the party or when he left the gathering. He still claimed he couldn't remember a bottle smashing or what happened to Anthony Tomlinson after he lashed out. The QC asked him, that bottle was used on Mr Tomlinson, but it was used on Alison Wilson as well. Duggan responded, not by me, not deliberately. The jury left to make their decision, and when they returned, the conclusion was 
They found Duggan guilty of murder and of wounding Andy Tomlinson, but he was cleared of a charge of assaulting his baby during the fight with its mother. Jailing Duggan for life with a minimum of 22 years, the judge told him, in a matter of minutes or even seconds, you killed a thoroughly decent public-spirited young woman, herself the loving mother of two young children, who was only motivated by a wish to save a baby from harm. You inflicted terrible injury and scarring on an equally decent and public-spirited young man who had a similar motive. All this you did in drunken temper. This next bit is going to annoy you as much as it annoys me, but unfortunately it's true. As Duggan left the dock, he smirked. Yep, he smirked. Speaking after the trial, Alison's family said in a statement, The day Alison died changed our lives forever. We struggled as a family to come to terms with what happened, and the fact that she was taken away from us in such a cruel and violent way. Alison was being a good Samaritan and trying to help other people. That's the kind of person she was and how we want her to be remembered. Today's guilty verdict brings the investigation to a conclusion and we'll see her attacker behind bars. Whilst no amount of justice will bring Alison back, we hope it will allow us some closure as we try to move forward with our lives. Anthony Tomlinson also gave a brief statement. He said, The murder has had a massive emotional effect on my life and her two children. Alison was a very caring, considerate person. She just had a lovely manner about her and liked making people happy. Alison had that smile that would light up the room and will be missed by many. He said that he missed cosy nights in with his partner and her children and was struggling to cope with feelings of emptiness, loneliness, guilt and the what if. For Anthony, the scars on his face from the attack are going to be a constant reminder of what has happened. He concluded by saying, it's the emptiness of loneliness that I struggle with the most. So what do you make of what we've heard today? I think it's a really distressing story. The first question is, would you have stopped? Would you, at approaching midnight, with a violent argument taking place on the other side of the road, have stopped? Or would you have ignored it due to the risk it could cause you? You read and listen to enough true crime to know that it puts you at risk. But would you have stopped? As we heard, Alison and Anthony did, which had to objectively be the right thing. Especially with the concern over the young child. We heard Anthony say that even at this point, he didn't feel any real concern or threat from the situation. But yet, in just a matter of a few seconds, Anderson had been fatally injured, Anthony had suffered life-changing injuries, Francesca was assaulted, and the baby was frankly fortunate not to die. All because of the drunken temper of Stephen Duggan. You won't be surprised to hear He already had a minor police record for violence. He was 28 when this happened. A father, with his young child there at the scene. No doubt like me, you have no idea what makes someone react like that. Lashing out as he no doubt saw himself as some sort of big man. 
why not just admit he was in the wrong and walk away? Now that is the behaviour of a really big man or woman, able to accept that a mistake was made and walk away from the situation. Yeah, and Duggan, <laughs> Duggan, I can't get over the fact he was 28 with a job, a baby and a close family. He wasn't 14. It's a concern that with good behaviour, he could be back on the streets in his 40s. But enough about Duggan, let's forget about him. Our thoughts are with Alison, the two young girls she left behind who are now teenagers, Anthony and their families. A life taken away so unnecessarily in just a blink of an eye, after just a normal evening out. Nobody in the courtroom could fail to be moved by Anthony's tearful testimony as he had to look at the man Duggan and once again recall the terrible events that late winter's evening and then to see that creature smirking as he left court it really is sickening isn't it search for Alison online after you've listened to this podcast take a look at her bright gleaming smile a friendly face she was a fantastic mum partner daughter sister and friend to so many and think of all those memories she should have been able to enjoy with those closest to her. And they've all been taken away. And for what? Because a complete loser like Duggan can't handle his drink or his temper. As you can probably tell, it makes me incandescent with rage that he's still able to have his measly pleasures in his cell whereas Alison's life was taken away on that March evening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss this story or any other aspect of UK True Crime, please just head to the Facebook group where there are over 75,000 of us ready to welcome you. I use the word welcome loosely. There was a conversation there about free speech today. Some contributors moan that they aren't allowed to say exactly what they want about anyone based on their personal views of them even if they've never been found guilty of a crime. I guess it speaks again to just how some people can be so influenced by our media about guilt and innocence. And I wonder on a wider point what that says about juries going forward. Is it realistic for juries not to do any internet search on a case? Would you? Hmm. Anyway, do come and join us. The Facebook group is many things, but it's never dull. And to help me produce this free weekly podcast every single Tuesday, please consider supporting me at patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. Join my community there. For a couple of quid a month, you can access bonus episodes and other exclusive content. Join on an annual package for as little as £17 a year and I'll throw in a free signed copy of my book about serial killer Angus Sinclair. What is there not to like? Well, on that bombshell, it's that time we've both been dreading when I have to leave you for another week. But there's always next week, so I will speak with you on Tuesday. Until then, please do take it easy, and most of all, despite all the others, trust me, I know about the others, please stay classy. Cheerio for now.